G'day and welcome to episode 11 of Homestyle Green. I'm your host Matthew Cutler-Welsh and today I've uh, caught up again with Vernie Ryan and we had a talk about the inaugural Sustainable Housing Summit which was held just over a week ago now here in Auckland at the Auckland Viaducts, uh, Viaduct Event Centre. Uh, it was a great event, and uh, yeah, Vernie and I just caught up to have have a bit of a debrief after the session, and uh, we want to share with you some of the great information uh, and topics that were presented during the uh, during the event. Uh, and I've also got a follow up uh, cast from this one talking about the masterclasses which were on the the day after the events. Uh, sorry, after the the main. Um, sustainable housing summit so be sure to check that one out uh, next week so um, enjoy the show and don't forget to check out the the website and also our, the new facebook page and i'll put some links we, we cover quite a few of the topics raised at the summit and there's lots of um, websites and other links to check out so i'll put those in the show notes and uh, and also put some links up on the website for people to check out and also head on over to the new zealand green building council website and you can actually download some of the presentations there from the uh, from the summit. But for now, enjoy the show, and uh, I'll uh, catch you later. Alrighty, should we uh, should we just rock into it? Yeah, might as well. Otherwise, it's just gonna um, it's gonna be late. Yeah. <laughs> um. Alrighty. So uh, busy busy week for you. Yes, indeed, and for you. It has been. It has been. I, I can't believe it's it's uh it was a week today. Well a week yesterday since the summit. Yeah. Which was the inaugural summit, uh sustainable housing summit for and it was hosted by uh New Zealand Green Building Council. Yes indeed. And uh, Homestar. Uh yeah, and Homestar. Although I Homestar kinda of kept a pretty low profile. I think what we were the intention there was to uh, just see how many other people talked about Homestar. Okay, without, that was interesting. Without <laughs> kind of promoting it as such, because uh, I, I mean, the, the Sustainable Housing Summit was uh, was pretty strategic. It was kind of pitched fairly high level. So, um, Eco were there, and uh, who else was there? Um, quite a lot of industry people. I certainly saw quite a lot of the yeah. sort of the. The usual suspects in terms of um, people like Resine and Fletcher Aluminium and I guess some of those kind of Tasman companies and, and people who are generally supportive of Homestar. Yeah. Um, which is good. Uh, I think it was about 120 people in the end. Um, it might have been even slightly more than that, which I think is a pretty good uh, turnout for uh, the first time round. And I think as well is a, is a pretty good sign of people's interest in the, in the residential sector because it was a, it was a, a, I guess building events can attract quite large numbers, but this is a, the thing that was different was that it was purely focused on houses. And yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's pretty impressive, and and I also I also I don't know if you were aware there was something else on um, this time last Wednesday in Taranaki as well with a um, a group who were talking about healthy housing? Yeah, I had seen that actually. I'd seen that advertised and thought that was a strange clash. But um Yeah. Which I think was a bit unfortunate. Um but 
you know, that's, I guess, as well impressive that there were, were um, still a reasonable crowd up in the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it really shows the the desire for people to get together and, uh, you know, talk about these issues and talk about how to improve housing yes. uh, in New Zealand, yes. which is clearly a great need for. Absolutely. So I kind of wanted to let people know that the, well, first of all, let people know that the event happened. Um, and se- secondly, that the stuff, some of the stuff's online now, so people can uh, jump onto the NZGBC website, uh, which is nzgbc.org.nz. Yep. And at the moment, it's, at, it's on their front page, but uh, if people navigate through to... Um, under knowledge and there's some information you can actually see uh information right back to the 2009 summit um and 2011 but also then the 2012 sustainable housing summit is there and um you can have a look at the pdfs of all the presentations which is pretty cool uh that's all freely available as far as i can tell i didn't have to log in for that yeah, and we were talking about the the videos just before, which you know, if those because they videoed a lot of the presentations, and I think if those can be made available again, I think that would just be really useful for people who couldn't make it. And I, I mean, you know, always aware that that it's important to be able to fund these kind of events, so you need to get people along, bums on seats, and and get yeah. them paying. But at the same time, I think the information that you get out of a conference like that, particularly the international speakers who you might not get a chance to see, I just think it's it's a great social function if New Zealand Green Building Council can make that sort of stuff available. Maybe a few weeks after after the event itself, but it's yeah. still, you know, so then, then you're still getting people turning up because they want to hear it on the day and maybe get a chance to rub shoulders and shake hands with people like Bill Dunster. And Yes. Should we talk about Bill Dunster? Yeah, why not? Why not? He's certainly featured fairly heavily. So, what do you know about Z Factory? Um, well, I was lucky enough to visit BedZ, um, and so and I've been aware of it since its inception, really, um, yeah. in the early days when I used to work for the Building Research Establishment because they did quite a lot of work um, alongside Arup and, and Bill Dunster in terms of, I think, basically trying to get the data from it to show it as a case study. Yeah, right. Uh, so there were a couple of reports that I was reasonably familiar with. And then visiting Bedzet, of course, I think is, a, is uh, you know, one of those must-see places to go and have a look at, even though Describe, I think… Describe uh, Bedzet for those that haven't been there. Well, it's, it almost defies description in a way. I mean, it's a, it's a sustainable community, but it does look a little bit way out because of the… Um, if you're not familiar with the architecture, I'm sure Bill Dunster would probably say it looks pretty ordinary um, these days, but uh, the wind cowls that are used, and again... All about the wind cowls. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I, I, but, I think if anyone has seen it, the, the wind cow is instant recognition for me, for uh, Bill Dunster. Yeah, and that and the solar orientation of the the communities that he's building and, and, and you know, maximising the solar potential in terms of the photovoltaics yeah. that clad those buildings. I think, again, it's just a part of the vernacular of that BEDZ Z yeah. factory architecture. Because, I mean, he showed some other examples of where they they, they won a design competition in China. Is that right? They, they did a display, a display home there or a group of houses? Yeah, well, that, I think they've been doing quite a lot of work by the looks of it in China, and I think a lot of it is... is um, sort of conceptual stuff, and they're yeah, probably yeah. trying to interest the Chinese as much as possible in building sustainable communities. And, and that that Chinese example, they are quite similar form in their cross section 
in that they're it's all about orientation and aspect um but that kind of sort of skewed triangle roof um pitched sort of long steep pitch shape it was it was quite familiar for most of his designs and it was quite quite a common thread yeah and I, and I guess you know i don't i i i didn't get to ask bill dunster this question but i i guess he'd probably answer that form follows function in a lot of ways you know and that because he's maximizing the that solar the solar arrays that he's putting on his roofs he's mm. trying to make sure that southern facade is as exposed as possible for for those northern hemisphere northern countries hemisphere, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. want to get that around the wrong way as often as happened but yeah, um, yeah true yeah. um one of the things that fascinated me uh about bill dunster and i guess for other pro- high profile designers and architects and people who have been around for a little while is their their scope to go beyond just the housing unit and yeah. all of his concepts were they were more than villages they were they were sort of whole uh ways of living and you know he's even um designed vehicles and yeah. and, and looked at how vehicles could integrate you know he, he had, there's these big ramps going up uh into uh multi-level uh what were they apartments or even small villages really yeah yeah and Basically, I think some of the ones he was designing in China certainly were for you know thousands of people. So yeah, by the looks of it, it, it I get the feeling that he he uh, has a bit of fun designing designing stuff like that. Yeah, I think he does. And what I love about the the way that he does that with those designs is is that kind of integrated na- nature of it all. You know, I think what. Bill Dunster brings is a real understanding that it's not just about the buildings. You've got to integrate the transport and the sustainable transport yeah, yeah. to help support that, you know, the, the building itself. And if you've got a lot of PV on the house, if it can be producing electricity during the day that goes into your transportation, then what a great use for it. And that means that yeah. it becomes even more viable because suddenly you're you're paying for your transport as well as just the, the electricity in your house. So yeah. it all stacks up pretty well, I'd say. And uh, he's... Uh a little bit opinionated. He um, had a few things to say about Passive House. <laughs> yeah, he did. And I guess being an architect, you know, they're all a little bit opinionated and that's yeah. why we love them and appreciate them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think to be fair to him, actually, I think I, I he probably hates me because I pushed him in one of those sessions on the Passive House to give us an, another view because he did mention it in that main session that he had. But he looked as though he was being quite quiet, I suppose, in the uh, the sort of the... The masterclass session that where Passive House presented, um, and and my take out from that, from what he was saying, is that it's it's all about the the local context. Yeah, and yeah. you know we've got to be quite careful uh, adopting that Passive House standard, which is quite a Germanic sort of standard for German and European conditions. Yeah, uh, in the New Zealand context, and I'd I'd completely share that viewpoint, really. Yes, yeah, um, but that's a. That's quite a long discussion. That I think there's. A... I'm interested yeah. to go there because I know there is a passive house being built here in Auckland at the moment. Yeah, and it'll be great to see. You know, a passive house is is going to perform very well, I'm sure, in yeah. terms of the you know the overall energy use, and it's got a lot going for it. Yeah. But I think I think the message Bill was trying to get across was, you know, make sure you you localize that to your local yeah, climate definitely. and what's right for and you. Materials as well. We mentioned about local materials, which is. Uh, impressive, and um, it could be quite a challenge for someone designing in a different country. I would say that would be, yeah, it would definitely be a challenge. You know, what, what intrigued me actually about one of the things he said was that it was a a German standard uh, that was 
kind of quite tied into that German supply chain. So when you're yeah. buying into that yeah. passive house concept, you're What's putting in... Yeah, so you're putting in those Germanic kind of uh, air tighten systems, the Germanic mechanical ventilation system. That So in a way, it's a very clever way for these German engineering companies to be selling their kit around the world because you adopt the passive house standard. Yeah, I'd never, I'd never thought of it like that. Yeah, nor had I either, and it's quite a... It's a, just a really interesting one to have a to have a good deep think about yeah. before before we necessarily all charge down that route of of developing passive houses. Mm, mm. I, but I've I don't want to. Been listening to some other interesting stuff about that uh, recently, and the concept of the pr- uh, I think it's called the Pretty Good House. Have you heard about that? Oh, oh okay. No, I've not heard of that. Uh, I'll um, maybe I'll come back to that uh, at a later uh, at a later time. Hey, you, you mentioned Arab there. Yeah. What's Arup all about? Well, they're one of the, you know, the, I guess the world's big engineering firms, but there was a, there's quite a revolutionary, well, I'd call him revolutionary, this guy called Chris Twin who worked for Arup, and he did quite a bit, as far as I know, did quite a bit of the work on the original Bed Z and so on. Yeah. So when I um, kind of knew of him and seen a few presentations from him, he's quite a low-key sort of guy, but, um, yeah, clearly they do some great things in terms of the, the delivery of some of those sustainable systems into things like bedsed. So I saw a, a great presentation that he did showing how they'd they'd looked at all the energy inputs that were going into bedsed, and then they. So basically, the, the concept of bedsed was to get to work out exactly what the site was going to provide in terms of uh, the environment. So the the solar, the wind, the ventilation that might come in, the water resources, uh, fossil fuels. I mean, not fossil fuels. Uh, renewable fuels that could be grown on site, uh, biomass, all of that stuff, and that becomes your sort of inputs, and then you work with that with what you've got on site to deliver the best possible output. Yeah, right. All sounds good. Um, where can people find out more about Arup? You know, I'm sure. I'm sure if you just Google Arup, uh, it'll all come up. Is for, it yeah, it's A R A P. A R U P. A R U P. Yeah. I think I had looked that up uh, a little while ago. Here it is, com. Yeah, so it looks like we've got offices here in New Zealand as well. So. And, and uh, best place to find Bill is um, BedZ, I think. Or Z Factory. Z Factory. Factory is probably where you get the full the full Bill Dunster experience. <laughs> yeah. You've got some good photos there. So you, yeah. you can check out the... Uh, you know what? It was a bit like it was a little bit like talking to a you know talking to a rock star in a way, and that they've got their early music, and <laughs> yeah, brought back to you know hey play that song from the nineteen sixties. Yeah, so I think Bill's like he's a little bit over Bedzit, whereas everyone's still raving about it. He's going look, I've done the Bedzit song. <laughs> I've done some stuff since then, you know. Yeah, uh, so he's at uh, zfactory.com. I'd say that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, hey, now that coming back to the Sustainable Housing Summit, yep. day kicked off with Warwick Quinn, who's the CEO of Registered Master Builders, and he gave a state was asked to come along and give the state of the nation. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Um, well, I certainly liked some of his commentary. He was kind of saying that the uh, what did he say? Did he describe the 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 boom in housing being a bit like death. You know it's coming, but you don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and really, I guess what he did was just frame up the 
the issues around the, the supply of housing, the shortage we've got in terms of supply of housing. Um, you know, 45,000 new homes per annum needed. Yeah. And currently we're building, what, between between sort of 10 and 15. So Across the whole country, yeah. yeah. There's definitely some messages in there for the scale of the challenge ahead of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I picked up quite a bit from that. Yeah, it was certainly interesting. Uh, I, I found it to be uh, a good, very good speaker, um, and because uh, he he's not from a building background, is he? I, I, um, what did he say? Is I'm pretty sure. I mean, you know, registered master builders, and I'm pretty sure he. The interactions I've had with him in the past indicated to me he certainly knew a fair amount about building. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, was it quantity surveyor? Was that? Uh, I think in a previous life he had done some quantity survey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he has. I mean, he's. I've heard him speak. In fact, when the when Homestow was originally launched, I'm pretty sure it was him that came on the radio, um, and talked a bit about Homestar. Yeah. And at that point, you know, it was very new, and not a lot of people knew about it. But he seemed very knowledgeable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, certainly, um, a. Um I guess privilege and, and and great to have someone um, at that level come and come and kick it off. Um, then the we had a session which which was pretty interesting combination uh, with Nick Collins from Beacon Pathway. Yeah, assuming that's where Nick associates himself with mostly these days, and also Adam Beck from. Um, GB Australia, Green Building Council Australia, and also Tim Horton, who is the, or he's he's the commissioner for the Integrated Design Commission in Adelaide in South Australia. Yeah, and he was talking about brokering, not bitching, wasn't he? Brokering, not bitching. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, Now, it's pretty fascinating that a local government or a state government, in their case, would would even consider having something called an integrated design commission that seems pretty forward thinking yeah i'd say so and he certainly had some um some good experience to share on that basis and the fact that they'd um had had quite a few it seemed like they had quite a few wins because of the fact they were quite this this independent sort of body wasn't it yeah and he put a lot of focus on the fact that uh, sort of flipping that consultation or planning process on its head and saying start with an objective uh, or, or start with a um, sort of a yeah I think it was an objective define your objective and then and then go out to people and say yeah, how can we make this work what would this look like uh, and and, and I, th- I got the sense that they're sort of using social media and, and getting people kind of integrating with the, uh, interacting with that and and then um, Honing in towards a plan, rather than the the more traditional approach of, uh, I guess, a bunch of people beavering away in an office somewhere, coming up with a plan, and then communicating it to the to the to the community and saying, "Here's your new plan." Yeah, that's right, and which, trying to sell it to them. Yeah, know. which makes total sense when you see it like that. Yeah, um, I can imagine that it might be a little bit more challenging to implement that in the real world, but they seem to uh, have had some success uh, with their. Uh, five thousand plus um, project. Yeah, which, which again, I mean, I've had a look at that website since then, and that's got a lot of really good information on it. The, uh, the five, the five thousand plus. Yeah. So it's yeah. Uh, 
plus as in plus yeah com.au dot net.au i think dot net.au yeah that's a tricky website to uh it is so again if by just, voice. <laughs> i'm beginning to tell people now just google you know 5000 plus plus and it comes up as the first hit so yeah, perfect it's probably the easiest way to do it yeah but yeah it's really fascinating and do you know what it made me think of was it made uh, me think of home christchurch yeah exactly well, Matt, I, I, I grew up in Adelaide. It's a little, little, oh, it uh, makes you think of that home, not dirty your little home. secret of mine. <laughs> I thought you might have meant your Christchurch home. Well, that too, because Christchurch and Adelaide are sister cities. Are they really? They are. Yeah, they're designed by the same guy. They, they, um, uh, the the plan of the cities are almost identical, and they're they're straight. Well, they're both flat for a start, which kind of helps. But they're a, a grid. Wow! If, if you look at, I mean where Christchurch used to be, where it's all kind of getting demolished now. Um, but that is a is a very straight uh, grid parallel and, and with some parkland around it. And Adelaide is the same blueprint for the city. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I never knew that. I mean, that's a great uh, reason to be getting Tim Horton back again to spend a bit of time with Christchurch. Yeah, there are, there are some similarities there. Uh, the, and the thing that, one of the things that Adelaide's been struggling with for a while is urban sprawl. Yeah. Which I think is common to a lot of Australian cities. Melbourne and Sydney have been doing that. Australasian cities. Well, yeah, Australasian cities. And, you know, Quite a fair share of it, yeah. We're facing that, that same issue right now in Auckland as well, where a, a short-term solution is proposed as freeing up more Greenfields land for, for more development to, as a way of bringing uh, prices down and making houses more affordable. Um, but yeah, that that is a pretty fraught solution, I, I would think. Well, all that you end up doing, I think, is you externalise those costs. So the costs of actually putting in that infrastructure and having people driving from the middle of suburbia into town every day. Yeah. Um. So it's not more affordable at all. That just means that you're spending the money on the car instead of the house and yeah. not realising it. Yeah. So yeah, change of disaster. So but, um, very very good stuff there, and, and um, Nick Nick Collins also picked up on the, those points about the uh, that Warwick was making about the scale of building that's going to have to take place, not just in the next ten years, but like in the next two to three decades. He was saying the ten thousand houses per year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the fact and drawing attention again that seven thousand houses that have been uh well a red zoned in Christchurch. It's just a huge amount of, of building that Yeah, um, phenomenal. That that has phenomenal. to go and, and when you compare that with the building rates that have been occurring, uh it's clear that just uh sort of a, a small tweaks to the, the current way of doing things is not really gonna cut it. No, that's right. It has to really be a a step change. Yeah. Somewhere in there. You know, we've got to really find a new way of delivering some of these things, doing them better but faster yeah. and, um, and and you know, more quantity. And you'd like to think that there's pretty big opportunities in there. I mean, if there's a big big need that needs uh, providing, then... Yeah, um, absolutely. Surely there's an opportunity there for someone. And I would have thought, you know, looking at that, at increasing our density but doing it, whilst you can maintain as much amenity as possible and actually providing decent communities. You know, that seemed to be another theme for me that came out of that conference is the um, is really the, the desire for people to live in communities and you can't just go out and build those. You have to kind of form them, mm. 
which, mm. which yeah, I think yeah by design. Uh, uh, who was commenting on that? One of the, I think um, I think it might have been some of Tim Horton's stuff, basically saying that it you can't just leave it up to the market. He was sort of reinforcing that fact that there has to be strong uh, leadership, strong governance, as well as community engagement. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, to do just that, otherwise you end up with the path of least resistance purely yeah. from the market forces and that's where you end up with urban sprawl and large houses yeah. and um, yeah. people whose main interest is in building uh, cheaply uh, and yeah. making making short-term profit. Yeah, same yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I think, you know, Nick made Nick Collins made a very good point in there in terms of that and, and what the, the sort of de- development that's going on in Hobsonville Land Company where they made quite a big effort to form the community before they started building the houses. So they put in the farmer's market and the, the cafe. cafe. You know, these great, things. Great way to start a development by exactly. putting a cafe right in the middle of it. Yeah, it's just very inspired, you know. It's the kind of, I guess it's the kind of um, good urban design thinking that we've needed in New Zealand for a long time and, and finally it seems to be, some of it seems to be being delivered, which is great. Yes. Speaking of good case studies, um, there were a couple uh, also presented on that first day, the Stonewood Show Home down in Lincoln. Yep. Uh, which is a, is a impressive house. Um, I was fortunate enough to be involved in that a little bit. Uh, but the most exciting thing there is that that's a... Sorry, Matthew, you cut out a little bit there. Oh, sorry. Skype is um, we're, we're We're taking up too much time on Skype. Um <laughs> Just the fact that it's a it's a mainstream builder there, they're a, a volume builder. So the potential for them, if they carry that through into their other houses, they they have a a, a far greater potential to influence a, a really wide audience and actually make some change. Uh, so that's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, no, I think that's a it's very encouraging to see a large scale volume home builder like Stonewood in that space, and and not only that, but I think kind of quite. Proud to be in that space, you know. Yeah, right, and rightly so. They, they, yeah. The the great thing about their their story is they're also uh, not afraid to acknowledge the challenges they've had to get to that point. Yeah, and, yeah. And the learning they've they've had because they they sort of marketed themselves as pretty green early on, and and yeah, they they went through a bit of a learning process around that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting, isn't it? That um, often that is the way that they, you know, you start out thinking it's relatively straightforward. Yeah. And then realise there are some complexities, and it's a bit harder to deliver it. Yep. But um, yeah, I look forward to seeing their next, you know, the next house the that next beats, one. beats the one that they've got to seven stars. <laughs> yeah, crank yeah, it up the, a little bit. The eight star house. Well, that, that'd be the first eight star if they manage to pull that out. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure. In fact, I know that there are some people uh, hot on their heels wanting to be the first to uh, build build a, a certified eight star. Yeah, I'm sure they would be. Which and I don't think uh, the Jay. the zero energy house could be a contender. Well, I would imagine it should be, you know, given the knowledge that Shay and Joe hold in terms of that kind of sustainable design and engineering, um, you would yeah. have thought they'd be able to tick off pretty much all of the boxes. So this is the, the Zero Energy House, which I, I have uh, directed people, lots of people to. They've just revamped their website. It's well worth checking out. I don't know if you've had a look at the videos on there. Yes, I have. They're really good. They're great. So they they've got a um, one of their buddies on board to read a, redo a lot of their um, stuff. And I mean, it's just amazing because they're pretty much putting all of their research and all their information online 
now and through the design process and they're going to continue to do that once they moved into their house they're actually going to be able to you're going to be able to see how their house is performing uh, once they move into it which um, is, is pretty amazing it's going to be a great resource for for Auckland I think yeah I think you're absolutely right I think they've, they've done really well just recently as well with a bit of a good bit of TV coverage too, so they were in on close up and they've been on TV three, yeah, and stuff. So I think that's that's great. It is. I mean, and they've done some innovative stuff there uh, all over the house with with uh, well, not necessarily innovative overseas, but they've brought in PV roof tiles and um, experimented with different ways of making the walls thicker. Um, what else have they got in there? Um, I, don't do, I think they're doing some, they must be doing some rainwater collection. I'm pretty sure they have. Um, but again, they've got lots of water efficiency stuff going on. Yeah. Um, they're doing, they've got obviously really good appliances and lighting in there. Um, and the building envelope has been designed to be, so they've got this really good battening system where they can get extra layers of insulation in there, which is pretty smart. And, and one of the key features I think of that house is the orientation. Because the, yeah, the south side is the the street facing side, and they've um, designed it towards the north, which means that the south side isn't is not where all the big windows are. Yeah, um, which is the traditional way to just build towards the street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for kind of street appeal, and, and that's not to say it doesn't have street appeal because it still looks like a nice house. From they've got a create a nice entrance way and make it made it welcoming, but it's it's the it's when you get around the back where it really opens up and it's got the beautiful um, uh, big open doors. I mean, oh, the doors and windows are another um, huge step up from our, our standard here. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. They've gone for some very um, kind of high-performance features in there. Yeah. One of the questions that's always going to get asked with this is, you know, well, how much does that cost compared to a normal house? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they develop some of the information around that because – yeah. Obviously, you know, this is a house that, that will have no energy bills. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so in terms of the lifetime, it could pay itself off relatively quickly and yeah. be, a, be a great investment for people. Uh, well, I, I just think it's really so comfortable and, and healthy and dry in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, pretty. Uh, he was telling me that he doesn't think the, the wall construction was any more than standard. No, I, well, I should imagine it would be fractionally more because of the additional cost of some of the insulation, for instance. But yeah. in terms of the framing, I shouldn't think that was any more expensive. And in fact, in some parts, could have even been a bit, bit simpler. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it really, you know, it, it kind of points to it all being in the details. And and you know, as I said before, Shay and Joe have got great experience in engineering and sustainable design. So. Um, with with a few smarts, they've been able to pull off, I think, a pretty amazing house. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to uh, to the grand opening. Indeed. Hey, um, we've only just got through the sustainable uh, the the housing summit day, uh, and we're out of time. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's a whole another day. Yeah, you'll have to edit this down. <laughs> We'll have yeah, to do another to, session on the... Uh, um, because there, there are the masterclasses. There's some great stuff in the masterclasses. Yeah, there was. It was really good. Yeah, so maybe we'll um, we'll have to uh, have another chat about that some other time. Okay. I shall look forward to it. Very good. All righty. Hey, well, thanks for your time, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up again maybe next week. All right. Cheers, Matthew. Nice talking to you. 
And there you go. That was Vernie Ryan joining me via Skype here in the cave. And um, yeah, wow, what a great, uh, a great summit. And uh, like I said, pretty impressive for the first time round. And I think uh, that's a promising sign for the future to do that sort of event again. And and others like it around the country, both and and overseas as well. I know that um, uh, conferences and meetings and gatherings like that are becoming more popular, which is great. I just realised after we finished recording that uh, conversation that we, we forgot to mention one other topic because there, there was so much in there. But one other particular one that I just wanted to point out was a presentation by Alistair Helm um, which uh, alluded to some of the research that he had done. Now, Alistair's the CEO of realestate.co.nz, uh, which is a site that represents um, the majority of the real estate market. And there's some, there were some fascinating results there around the perceptions of um, the, well, the market demands for, for, for housing and real estate in New Zealand. And it's, it's really promising stuff in terms of people looking more and more at, at things like orientation and even double glazing featured in there against more traditional things like um, flash kitchens and, and marble bench tops. So definitely uh, check that out. I'm not sure that the that presentation uh, is up online at the NZGBC site, but if you have a look around um, at Google, I'm sure you'll find some references to it and and there, were, there was a media release uh, about that also. Alrighty, uh, check out our website, www.homestylegreen.com. Heaps of references and websites mentioned today, so I'll put some notes in the show notes of this cast up on your iTunes, and it will also be, uh, I'll, I'll lift, list a, a bunch of those links on the website as well. Don't forget you can find us over on Facebook too. And you can always write to me. Um, I'll pick up emails, uh, comments at homestylegreen.com and I will respond to those. They come straight to me. So um, I'll definitely reply to those personally. I would love to hear your feedback on the cast, on the Facebook page and also on the website. So let me know if there are things that uh, you like, don't like or, or things that you want to know. So if you've got some questions about uh, which products you're considering, where to find good uh, insulation, heating, um, what's best for ventilation, condensation, all those sorts of things, They're the kind of things that we want to cover. So um, please do send some questions in and uh, happy to get the right people on if we can't answer them directly. Thanks so much for listening. Spread the words, uh, let, let people know about the, uh, the podcast and uh, we'll tune in again next week for another episode. Thanks very much. Thank you.